and welcome to another episode of Comadres y Comics. This is episode 66, 66. Yep. Yep. Uh, we're your hosts, I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Welcome back, girls. How's everything? It is good. I just It just hit me that we're three episodes away from episode 69. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Uh, we've got to do something as a... Uh, as uh, Kristen said before, we should do something special. So I, I don't, I don't know what we can possibly do, but we'll think of something. We'll think of something. It'll be, it'll be the new year. By the oh way. my goodness! Mm-hmm. Oh, oh. I know. I want to think and about it. And somebody said the other day, I was listening on the radio, and they're like, you know, every year people stop and they do some introspection because another year has gone by, and what have they accomplished, or what do they want to accomplish? But this year, it's not just one year that's gone by, it's an entire freaking decade. I'm like, <laughs> okay, lady, get stop. off your, my radio with this BS. Like, <laughs> stop. Like, why are, you making, why are you making me feel worse? I know. Oh, my God. On Twitter... That was uh, was trending the like, what did you do uh, for the past in the past decade? Yeah, from 2010 to 2020. Yeah, and I was just like, huh? Let's see. In 2010, I was in 10th grade and I was a hot <laughs> mess. So, uh, if we're talking about achievements, I'm no longer that much of a hot mess. Um, um, and then I then I really started thinking about it, and I was just like, in 2010. I was in 10th grade and I was 15 year old, 15 years old, and I did not know I was queer. Mm-hmm. I did not think that I would get into uh, UCLA. Mm-hmm. I did not think that I would actually have like some of my stuff. Like I was really thinking about it of like all the small things that I have done. Yeah, I've had I've had papers published in academic journals. Mm-hmm. I have written short stories that have been uh, that have won me scholarships. Yeah, and stuff like that. And I was just like, huh. All right, like that doesn't actually sound that bad yeah. that I was able to do this in the, within ten years. It's just that where I am right now. It feels like I haven't progressed. Yeah. But when I was like, then I was thinking, because at first I hated that, like, what have you done in 10 years kind of thing. And then I, and then I really thought about it and I was just all like, oh, hey, I guess I have done stuff. And it felt, and it felt kind of nice to think about, like, I have, even if like in the overall where I am right now, I might not be happy with it, but I have done things along the way mm-hmm. and i was just so like even like when uh, so like i i that whole like what have you done in 10 years i was just like all right maybe in 10 years all the stuff that i've done can seem like something is just but in the in the moment of now it's uh it, it might not seem like i've done much but i have done something yeah so that was uh, i was uh, like okay that's nice so mm-hmm. what two ten years ago was 2009 yeah, we're yeah. in 2019 now, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. No, so 2020, 20, 2010. Uh-huh. So I was working full force in my um, career of choice and had no freaking idea that 10 years from then I was going to be completely outside of the nonprofit world, that I was going to be working uh, and co-owning a comic book store. I had no freaking idea <laughs> and I would have struck you down if you tried to tell me I was going to be doing a podcast all about <laughs> comic books yes um uh, yeah. and so um i have definitely changed my course of um not just interests but just like you know career path and just things that make me happy and um i think that that is really what people should focus on is that you you Maybe you're thinking that you're not happy where you are now, but the cool thing is is that it is completely within your power to make choices and to make changes and to get to where you're happy where you are happy and the thing is is that I had no idea what it was that was going to make me happy and if you if you asked me then um, or told me then that that was that these things that I mentioned to that I'm doing now would be the things that would make me happy I would have laughed in your face Mm -hmm. so I think it's cool to also just always be open because you never know the opportunities that might come your way and I think a lot of people pass on opportunities because it doesn't fit within their narrow definition of what mm. they think should make them happy. With, yeah, with the plan that they thought yeah. that they were going to have. And like 
Ten years ago, I thought that as the age that I'm in now, I would be in residency school. Uh-huh. And that I would be in neuroscience uh-huh. and stuff like that. And it's so funny to yeah. think about it and the fact that I went with English and <laughs> the humanities and stuff like that. Because like 10 years ago, that's that yeah. was I was taking AP chemistry. Yeah. I loved neuroscience and I loved stuff about the brain. And yeah. that's what I thought that was going to be my career. Yeah. And it's not. <laughs> wow, you guys are talking about like New Year's and 10 years ago and all this stuff. And I'm just like, where was I? <laughs> I can't even remember what I was doing 10 years ago. But in 2010, <laughs> I, no, I can't remember. I have a really bad memory. So yeah. like it doesn't surprise Fair. me. But I'm. what about Christmas? What are your Christmas plans? Oh, Christmas. <laughs> uh, much, much the same as in Thanksgiving. That's the time of cooking, yo. Yes. It's like we, we make orders for um, uh, people who want tamales and stuff like that. I think last year was our record. We made, I think, in total about a thousand tamales. Wow. Uh, Holy cow. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we made money too. Uh, so <laughs> that was, uh, that was very nice and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But uh, that, I think that was the most, and this was like over a three day span. Yeah. Of made, just cooking but tamales. But geez, a thousand tamales a over lot. three days. That's still that's a lot. That's a lot of yeah. work. It is. A, it's a lot of work. Um, um, but we did it. And um, um, 333 t- and a half tamales every day. Or, <laughs> and a third. 333. <laughs> Three and a third of tamales every day. Every day. <laughs> yep. And um, um, and we just we always eat tamales and stuff like that. Do do get well. To be fair, I'm the one who does gifts in my family because mm-hmm. uh, everybody else does not do. And I like presents and I like giving presents. Mm-hmm. So I'm a bit weird about getting presents. I'm just a, like, I got a present. <laughs> but this is very nice but also please don't get me anything uh, so but I love giving gifts mm-hmm. um, uh, so I'm probably going to be the only one giving gifts again this year uh, so that's uh, I don't know like Christmas is a like, uh, we usually go to church and stuff like that because Catholicism because uh, <laughs> Catholicism. <laughs> Catholicism. Catholicism Um, uh, but it's um. Uh, Christmas has never been like a super huge deal for our family, or mm-hmm. most it's just a time of relaxing, I guess, and eating a lot of tamales. Nice, so many tamales, so many, yeah. tam- too, too many, many tamales. tamales. So I am not religious, but Christmas has always been a big family thing for us we would always go to church and I would go to church because my grandmother wanted to go to church and I would go for her but that wasn't like the big thing around um, Christmas you know there's always everyone sharing um, the reason for the season and I'm like dude the reason for the season for me (laughs) is ham stuffing mashed potatoes and presents like that's it (laughs) and so and and I'm fine with that and for me my brother lives in another state so they do their Christmas thing and my mother comes from my hometown and visits Eddie and I and stays with us for about a week and on Christmas day Eddie goes with his family and eats with them and hangs out and whatever and for the last couple of years my mother and I have started this tradition um that we stay home and we cook the big fanfare of turkey and ham and mashed potatoes and stuffing and pie and bread and all that kind of stuff. And we spend all morning and cooking. And then around one, I would say, we eat. And it's so like annoying how you spend all those hours and then you like eat for 10 minutes and it's over (laughs) and then we sit on the couch with our big stuffed bellies not able to move and we watch cheesy christmas movies for the rest of the day yes that's nice that is so that has become our christmas tradition (laughs) so you guys celebrate the 25th yes okay Mm -hmm. see uh my family and i we do we've always done the 24th okay Uh so we stay up until like we, yeah. well in in our family we stay up until like three or four in the morning yeah mm-hmm. having shots or whatever but uh we <laughs> we do like we have a whole lot of fun my aunt makes this her big production is is christmas eve so she has uh these balls in saran wrap with a lot of prizes oh yeah yeah that that's you, fun 
fun. That you have to unroll yes. and then you have a certain time limit that you can do them. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. We do a white elephant. Uh, everybody brings food, so we try a lot of different food mm-hmm. throughout the night. Um, uh, and other games like this time, I think she's going to do like a, an egg toss game Oh, because uh-huh. every year she tries to outdo the previous the year, before. year yes and it's a lot of fun and people invite other people like my husband invites his friends who they don't celebrate Christmas because mm-hmm. I think her mom's a Jehovah Witness mm-hmm. so he comes with this um, Jehovah's Witnesses don't celebrate Christmas yeah no, no they don't they don't celebrate they celebrate the, many they, holidays at all yeah mm-hmm. they don't celebrate birthdays either Mm-mm. that's sad I know, it really is. (laughs) Uh, So they come down and then um, other people just join in. Like my cousin brought her friend from Philadelphia uh, because her her husband's a cop and he works Mm, Christmas. mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. she came down with her to celebrate. And we just had a great time. And people just, some random people just start showing up. And and it's really a lot of fun. So that's Uh what we do all. And then we recover all Christmas Day. (laughs) And we stuff ourselves with leftovers. (laughs) It's not really, it's not really about the presents anymore my nephew is uh, my nephew's 13 and uh, he wanted a gaming chair and so uh, I went out and bought one at Costco but he was like sitting on this like old sofa and I was and then Frank's like why are you gonna make him wait a whole month just give it to him so I just gave it to him I said I know you don't believe in Santa but here's your Christmas present (laughs) he's like it's so early and I go but isn't it better to have it now so you're like comfortable gaming? He's like, yes, I really appreciate that. <laughs> so we're probably are not going to do any gift giving on yeah. the day of uh-huh. because mm-hmm. I just feel like I think he was like my number one person yeah. that I was like, yeah. what should I give him? Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just excited to celebrate yeah. with my family there. They're um, a lot of fun. That's cool. Yeah. I guess I do have a tradition. Usually after we've done like all the deliveries and everything, and we have we I always find it funny because on Thanksgiving and on Christmas people like share like their dinners and stuff like that on Christmas Eve and stuff like that and it's always like at 6 or like 5 p.m. and I'm just like why are you guys eating so early because usually <laughs> the time that my family eats and everything uh-huh. is 9 p.m. Wow. 9 p.m. I'm asleep eight and, already. 8 and 9 p.m. And we're, and so, because like we do deliveries and stuff like that. And right. All, yeah. And all that. Yeah. And so once we're home, it's like 7, 8, yeah. and stuff like that. And sometimes my mom wants to make just a little bit more food mm-hmm. uh, for us to eat as well. So by the time everything's done and cooked and uh, everything's yeah. ready, it's usually like 8 or 9 p.m. Yeah. And usually we have my uncle and um, um, people that we know who immigrated here uh who don't have family and stuff Mm -hmm. like that we usually invite them for christmas on christmas eve and christmas day um uh to come and eat with us and like kind of have like uh support system yeah uh for them so just so that they're not alone uh so that's what we do and then uh and we're usually uh up enough that i just toss presents at people and just be like (laughs) you can open them now i guess (laughs) Um, um and then on christmas day itself we uh we go out, uh we oh, go okay. yeah we go out to eat and then to the movies. Oh, oh yeah, yeah that's you know cool. what my mom We've and I that. a couple of times went to the movies on Christmas and <clears throat> you actually I was surprised at how many people are there at the oh, movie yeah. theater. Yeah, I mean I just saw. Uh, that movie, Welcome Home Dad, or something like that, where Col- uh, that Colin Farrell guy is like the dorky dad. And, oh, and then, uh, Daddy's Home or something? Daddy's yeah, Home, yeah. Uh-huh. Daddy's Home too. And they were stuck in a blizzard, and all the people that were on the road, they just went to the theater because yeah, that was yeah. the only thing that was open. And I yeah, thought, yeah. that's so true. It yeah. just didn't yeah. dawn on me. Yeah. Well, so the only thing other that's thing open. that's open are all the Asian markets, markets in Torrance. Yeah. <laughs> and the reason I know this is because last year my niece came to stay with us. But, <laughs> okay, so last year was the year right around Christmas that I started trying to eat low carb. Mm-hmm. And so instead of regular mashed potatoes, we had cauliflower mashed potatoes. Oh, nice. And I I love cauliflower. Yes. But for a little 10-year-old girl, um, it was not the business. And she was like, oh, I don't want. So anyway, <laughs> we had regular Christmas meal food Mm -hmm. but it was all low carb and like substituted and everything and she's very picky eater anyway and she didn't want to eat any of it and I was like you know what I didn't even plan 
right? I don't have children. So when they come to visit, like, and I was so busy doing stuff too, that it slipped my mind that I should have gone to the grocery store and like, you know, stocked up on whatever it is that she likes to eat. Uh But I didn't. So there she was. And it was seven o'clock on Christmas. And, or maybe it was even Christmas Eve. No, it was Christmas day. And, She was hungry, but I didn't have anything she wanted to eat. So there I am driving all over Torrance (laughs) trying to find something. All the regular grocery stores were closed, but there was um, a Torrance. I don't remember what it's called, but it's an Asian market. And there were so many people inside doing their regular Christmas, uh, I mean, uh, grocery shopping. And just luckily for us, it was a grocery store that had like a little food court Mm -hmm. and all the food court was open. So she she ended up having fries for Christmas dinner. Oh, <laughs> my God. Oh, no. She wanted fries and eggs, and we bought eggs, and we made her scrambled eggs, and that's what she Oh, my God. <laughs> that's pretty funny. But, yeah, Aww. like, not all restaurants are open on yeah. Christmas Day, mm-hmm. so we I look up to see which ones are. Yeah. And it's usually kind of like the local ones, mm-hmm. um, uh, not like a Denny's or whatever. It's like, like because uh, we live in Los Angeles. Like, there's so many places to eat. And there's a here. lot of places that um, are cultural, that culturally the, the that culture <laughs> doesn't, mm-hmm. um, so they don't celebrate Christmas, Christmas because yeah. it's a religious holiday right. and not everybody is Christian. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Uh-huh. And so usually we've gone we've gone to a couple couple of like um uh, uh Japanese and Chinese like Chinatown's usually open, Little Tokyo's usually open and um uh, some places uh like by Little Armenia are open. Yeah. And that's usually where we've gone. So we've gone out and like ate some new stuff. And yeah. that's what our, my family actually really likes doing that. We like eating new yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's fun. Um, uh, and that's a lot of fun. Cool. And now it's time for Chisme de la Semana. Jen, what do you have for us today? ¿Qué what? chisme tienes para nosotros? What chisme do I have? Oh, actually, well, uh, yeah, it's chisme because... So Faith Erin Hicks, who is a very popular YA writer... Um, uh, she did the Adventures of Superhero Girl, and she's also the Eisner Award winner for um, uh, uh, the Nameless City series. Oh, uh-huh. uh, and she's uh, she's just really good. She's very well known. She uh, and it's it's so funny because I bel- the previous episode we talked about Star Wars, which is coming out as well mm-hmm. on during uh, Christmas. Mm-hmm, there, I think mm-hmm. Christmas, like right before Christmas. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, she was actually watching the prequels, and she decided to do a retelling of Anakin's story. Ooh, nice! On um, uh, on Twitter, so it's available to for free to read on Twitter and stuff like that. It gained a lot of traction, like a lot of people like this, and it's really, really good. She's like a really good. Well, she's an Eisner winner, so she's a very, a very good storyteller. Uh, now, word is that. The, Marvel or oh. Disney uh-huh. uh, is throwing around the possibility of hiring her wow. for an Anakin story. Wow, that's really cool. Because that's just how well she did with it. Like, wow. It's, this tweet is like super popular and like it's available for free to read on her Twitter page. You might have to do a little searching to find it, but I think she has it pinned maybe. Mm-hmm. But there is rumors now floating around that uh, she did such a good job with it that they kind of want to do something Nice. Uh, or have her do something with Anakin Skywalker. And this is like the first movie, Phantom Menace, which mm. is one of the most hated yes. <laughs> prequel yeah. movies. Out of anything, I'm like, can we just redo those? Like, do, well, they like, might totally redo with, them. Like, they might. I mean, they need to take Jar Jar out of there. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I'm. Uh, what is her Twitter page? Well, uh, her Twitter is. So you can just look her up. Uh, it's usually it's her name, Faith Erin Hicks. Yeah, at Faith Erin Hicks. And her her um, uh, name is spelled F-A-I-T-H. And then that's her first name. Then her middle name, Erin. E-R-I-N. And then her last name, Hicks. H-I-C-K-S. Excellent. Faith Erin Hicks. So uh, the cheese may is that we might be getting a new Anakin series in the comic books or potentially... Through Disney Plus. Oh, interesting. Because I feel like that's what they're kind of doing now. Instead of going like full length movies, mm-hmm. it's going to be the streaming services and stuff like that. So uh, that would be that'll, that'll be interesting to see and see if they can rework those 
very hated prequels oh, yes. into something else that makes like that their fandom base will like. Oh yeah, I mean even the Mandalorian <laughs> episodes are like thirty four minutes. So even if they oh, do something like oh, that, oh wow, really? Yeah, I thought they would be an hour, but they're not. Um, so the I way was, everybody was going on about them, I thought they were an hour. Yeah, no, uh, no, they're thirty four minutes. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so, or maybe a little less. I don't know, but they're... Every they're... week, <laughs> a new release and only a 30-minute show. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm it's still not getting Disney+. Plus. But it, yeah, it's really great. It's really an amazing shots and everything. It's just really good. I mm-hmm. highly recommend it. So if they go that route, I'd be down to, to definitely watch that Anakin yeah. story. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, cool. That's the chisme for this week. Kristen, what time is it? Es la hora de, de la, la cervecita. cervecita. And what are we drinking today? Again, today we are drinking a gift by YNC Comics. Oh. oh. So last episode we tried Golden Road's Mango Cart. Today we are going to try Golden Road's Pineapple Cart. Nice. And nice. um. As we mentioned before, this is a series that is um, was developed to kind of pay um, homage to the fruit cart vendors of Los Angeles. And we all had um, a pretty good, oh gosh, I could smell it so wow. good. A pretty um, good rating of mango cart. Sarah wasn't a big fan, but she, um, she came around I came at around. the end. <laughs> And so this one is also 4.0, and it is, um, I, I'm not sure if it's this one is wheat as well. No, this one is, um, yes, it's pineapple wheat, but it is pineapple wheat with mm-hmm. blood orange and strawberry. Oh, really? Ooh, wow. Yes. So um, It smells delicious. Yes. And so like I said, I believe this one is also 4.0. Um, I'm just going to confirm. Yes, 4.0. So um, again, Golden Road is the... Uh, was started in 2011 in Los Angeles, and it is the biggest L.A. craft brewery, which I did not know until last episode. So um, you can, if you're interested, go down to Atwater Village, which is right outside of Glendale, and um, get it straight from the tap. Well, I already love it. Um, the There's the different levels of uh, flavor. Like you said, the blood orange, mm-hmm. the um, pineapple. So I'm... I'm actually liking this one better than the mango one. I can smell the pineapple so strong. It made my mouth water. It's light. It's fresh. It has a little bit of tart, citrus tart in it. I like that. I like it. The pineapple is very, very good. So when you smell it, the pineapple is the most front, um, forward Mm -hmm. part of the bouquet. Um, But when you drink it, the pineapple is there, but I, I taste the blood orange kind of a yes. little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, and I feel like that's kind of where the tartness comes from, from like Ooh. the rind of the blood orange. As soon as you mentioned blood orange, and I just took my first sip right now, that's all I could taste. Yeah. And mm-hmm. maybe it's because I'm actually very attuned to blood orange mm-hmm. because I'm not actually fond of it. That's right. We yeah. had this conversation. We had this conversation <laughs> uh-huh. before. I'm not very fond of blood orange. Yeah. But I can taste the pineapple a little bit, and it's I actually don't mind this one. Mm-hmm. This one's actually pretty good. I think little vampires would love this one. <laughs> yeah, no, I really, I'm really loving it. I think it's a real. I I like this m- more so than the, the mango? mango one. Mm-hmm. But this one I feel would not benefit from the chamoy rim. You know, uh, no. but but I think this is good on its own too, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. definitely again something you could take to your family and yeah. just you know have when you're eating as well. See, I see mango cart a lot, but I never see this one. I never see any of the other um, watermelon or anything um, at Target or like I said, Seven mm-hmm. Eleven or mm-hmm. anything. But I see mango cart everywhere. So um, I think mango cart is a like go to one. Maybe. It's, I definitely like their mango one. Yeah. I like this one too, but I just, I like mangoes more. Mm-hmm. Mango mm-hmm. season. Yeah. <laughs> I I think I like the mango more because I can taste the wheat beer a little mm-hmm. bit more. Yes. And also, it's only mango. And this one, there's a lot of different flavors that are competing. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. And 
while it does taste good and they all complement each other, it's a lot going on in my mouth. That is true. It, it almost doesn't That's what taste. She said. <laughs> it almost doesn't taste like beer. With the mm. mango one, this I can still true. taste the beer. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. You're you're right about that. So, with our rating scale, our tr- handy dandy trusty five point rating scale, where one is. Flaccid, and two is initial, initial. three is partial, initial. four out of five is full, and five out of five is rigid, rigid. where a six out of five, if something is absolutely outstanding, amazing, would be Super Saiyan. So, what do you rate this beer, Sarah? I'm going to go with partial as well as I did with the mango, and only because I do like it more than the mango, but... It's still in the same kind of uh, level. Like, this is not a go-to for me. I I would definitely bring this to share at a family function. I would not bring this to a beer. um, Share? Share. Yeah. I'd be laughed out. You would be laughed out. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, so that's That's why that's that's my rating. It is still craft beer, though. Although, uh, I don't know, has Golden Road been purchased by a bigger distributor? That I do not know. I don't Um, don't know. Does it have the little upside-down beer bottle? No. Interesting. Oh, I'm blind. You guys should take a look at that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I tried to read the can. Uh, It just says, Brewed and Canned by Golden Road Brewing, Los Angeles, California. Um, But that doesn't mean that they're not owned by Uh a bigger company. And I don't know why that sounds familiar to me. But regardless, um, I... Really like this cart series. I really like that it is a lower ABV, very light, fruity. It is a summer beer, though. I would, I'm, mm-hmm. I, it's refreshing. It's light. Like almost right now in this cold weather, I almost want an IPA. I want mm. that warm, fuzzy feeling you yes. get after drinking a couple of sips. Yes. So, um, so. I am going to give it a partial only because, which is a three out of five, only because um, I am comparing it to the mango cart and I like mango cart better. Um, and I gave that a four out of five. Mm-hmm. And this one is, while it's, it is um, still good and yummy and I would drink it on a hot summer day, um, it's just not quite as good as, to me, as the mango. In the middle of winter. Yeah. <laughs> In the middle of winter. <laughs> For sure. Uh, I'm going to go with the rest of you uh, girls and say that a partial as well, because I can still remember that mango cart one and it was so good. Uh, And this one is just it's got a lot going on. And as I had said before, uh, bloat oranges are not my favorite fruit. Um, uh, it's very prominent too, so I can see yes. that if it's if you don't like it, that how this would be too much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm just uh, it's not. I would if, between this one and the mango one, I would go with the mango one. Uh, but it is still good. Like I still, uh, I actually didn't mind the blood orange t- taste as much, but it is still not my favorite. Uh, and whether when faced with mangoes or blood oranges. It's always going to be mangoes. Mangoes are good. So I am giving it a partial. Thanks so much for YNC Comics for gifting us this beer that we reviewed today. And that was our beer rating. All right, guys, it's time for our book review. And this time we're re- we are reviewing a book called Tethered. Um, and it's... A book that we got at a convention that I can't remember which convention it was. Me either. (laughs) And I'm the person who got it. Um, I think it might have been at L.A. Comic Con last year. Mm. Or Mm -hmm. San Diego? I don't think it was San Diego, but also I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I remember you said... They were next to James. Yeah, they weren't next to him, but they. Oh. Um, I stopped at James Wright is a friend of ours, and mm-hmm. he um, is the creator of Nutmeg and um, a couple Lupina, a couple of other indie books. And um, I had this in my hand, and he noticed, it and he said, "Oh, you got the book by so and so, who actually was a co-creator of his on one of his projects." And so he was really excited that I picked this up. So um, I just remember that James 
was there, which makes me believe that it was something local. But who knows? <laughs> yeah, we we have forgotten it. We've had this book for a while. Yes, we have it for a while. And the cover is really what drew me to it. I was walking down the aisles and I, I'm, I try to not stop and engage because I am a sucker. In Artist Alley, if I make contact... <laughs> you heard it here first, <laughs> folks. If you want us to get to review a book, you just got to make eye contact. Yes. So I try to like walk with my eyes down and not make eye contact. Because <laughs> if you make eye, t- eye contact with me, then I feel obligated to stop and talk to you. Mm-hmm. And if I stop and talk to you, that's it. It's over for me. Uh, you're getting my money because I feel bad saying no. I feel bad having them go through their spiel and then being like, um, okay, thank you. <laughs> and also I know the struggle. Uh, I sit at the table with Eddie and, you know, we stand there and I, I sometimes when he goes to the bathroom or he does his panels, I'm the one, you know, mm-hmm. out there telling the spiel over and over again. And it is so hurtful <laughs> when you spend <laughs> that time. Like I take it so personally when you're like talking to somebody and you're telling them about the book and blah, blah, blah. Um, there was one guy, he didn't say it to me, he said it today, he's like, mm, that's just, it doesn't sound like it's for me. And walked away and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> you just hurt my feelings. Yes. Oh my How God. dare you. And so I know that this is like completely irrational and like it has nothing to do with me. But I, um, I do. I feel bad when I do my spiel and then they don't buy it. They walk away. Well, oh, come on. God. I mean, I I feel the same pain as as well as you do. I mean, when we table at a convention yes. and we're giving away yeah. cookies or candy and they're like, no. Yeah. I'm uh-huh. like, it's a gift. Just take it and throw it away later. I, I don't know. know. Just make me feel good and take yeah, it. Why, valid- just take it. Validate my effort. <laughs> You're right, actually. Yes. yes. When we stand. Yeah, we're not Free even cookies. selling anything. No. We're trying to give, give stuff you, away. I yeah. like, we want to give you a sticker. We want to give you a pen or a cracker or whatever mm-hmm. those animal crackers People I brought are so one time. suspicious. I know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, it's the almost old. like when you're trying to give stuff away, they're like, okay, what do you want from me? Yes. Type thing. Yes. Yeah. Well, we want you to listen to the yeah. podcast and stuff like that. That's what we really want. Yes, but exactly. Here's, here's, here's the thing. So. <laughs> so, that's all to say that this person um, didn't even have to make eye contact with me because the book itself drew me to the table. It is very colorful. It's like pink, rose hues. Yeah, Mm -hmm. pastels. And it is just the skull head of like a zombie body with like steam rising off of it and like blood coming out of the mouth. I don't know how to explain it, but it really, really drew me to it. And so rotting corpse. Yeah. And it's, I think it's just the head, Uh but I approached the table and even just flipping through it, the art was really amazing. It's a beautiful book. Yes. Yes. It is a very beautiful book. And when they told me what the premise was, which I don't remember what their elevator pitch was, but basically um, my interpretation of what their pitch was, was that what if um, zombies had a soul? Mm-hmm. And yeah. the soul of the pre- the previous person who was in that body could actually still control that zombie body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but he's a zombie. But he's a zombie. Yes. So, and, and that really like struck me as fe- very unique and something that I had never heard um, before. Mm-hmm. I mean, now now we've we've seen that concept with Zombie yeah. Zero. Yeah. Yes. Um, but. At the time, it was very um, new to me, and it was very um, interesting. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I purchased the book, and I was like, I want to read this. And so um, when we were thinking of what books we were going to have to come up, I was really very excited to do this book. Mm-hmm. So um, the it's created, it's, it's an independent book, uh, independently published, and um, it is created by... Um, David, I can't, uh, I, I always butcher names, but the last, David Pharaohs Precht, P-R-E-C-H-T, um, Danny Luckert, and Lindsay McComb. Uh-huh. So, and the whole creative team was there that day, too, when I bought the book, I remember. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. so, we actually 
when the book starts, and there's a lot of back and forth in time. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And I had a really hard time following the back and forth. I will yes. second that. Yes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. and I didn't know if it was... Okay, so when Jen asked me when I passed the books along to her, she's like, what do you think? And I always... I'm like, I don't want to say what I think because yes, I don't want to taint your, your, your view. view. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, but because I'm like, when I read books, usually I'm like... And this one for sure, it was like 10 o'clock at night. I had just come home from a very late night at the shop and I was so tired and I had purpose drink some caffeine so I could stay awake. And sometimes I'm just trying to rush through them. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'll be like taking notes or whatever. But this time I was like, I just got to finish because I got to get it to Jen tomorrow, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I told her. I don't know if it's because she she grilled me still. She wouldn't let up. And so I was like, yes. OK, I didn't really like it. But uh, no, I didn't really understand it is what I told mm-hmm. her because and I don't. But I didn't want to say anything because I don't know if it was just because I was rushing through it and like I missed something or and I, I was like, I don't know. I just really it didn't really come together for me. Mm-hmm. Um. I read it under similar circumstances. Um, it was at night. I was sitting in my comfy chair in my room, and I had my lamp. I, I had everything. I cleaned my glasses. I was ready to go. I had some beers on the side. And so one of the things as well, when I was reading it, I thought, am I not understanding because I had that yes. second beer? Yeah. Is that why? <laughs> like, I even went back and re- would reread pages because of that. Um, there is a lot of citations of uh, Hemingway, right? Hemingway and uh, uh-huh. Steinbeck. Uh-huh. Steinbeck uh-huh. Yeah. And I was thinking, am I just so dumb that this is over my head? So, yeah. like, I felt like most of the book was over my head. And then I uh-huh. felt like maybe the art color hues you know how sometimes uh like in a movie like traffic where when they're in mexico it has those like really bright desert hues and Uh then when they're in the u.s it has more like a uh, a blue hue and you know so like i thought is the time travel associated with the color of the paneling and and that wasn't working either so then i thought what in this instance would have worked for me would have been that the bubbles, the dialogue bubbles, mm-hmm. and the narration would have been either a different font uh-huh. or yes. or even yeah. colored in the background. Yeah, um, because there's so much going on, and then there's some inner monologue. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. some dialogue, and it just it just did not flow the yeah. way that I expected it to. So one of the things that um, is a criticism for me mm-hmm. of it's a it's a popular criticism that I have of some books, and Eddie always laughs at me <laughs> because <laughs> when I tell him that he 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 just thinks it's funny. Mm-hmm. But he saw me reading it, and he knew that I was. I think he was with me actually when I bought it, and mm-hmm. he knew I was excited to read it. He's like, "Oh, what do you think of it?" And I'm like, "There's too many words," <laughs> and so that's how I felt reading this book, mm-hmm. and. Sometimes, even though there's too many words, at least I'm gaining something from the information. But here, I felt like it was just unnecessary exposition that didn't Mm -hmm. help me understand what the heck was going on. And I wanted to understand so bad. And I was hoping to come here today to this review and have you guys be like, oh, my God, this is groundbreaking material. And it was so, like, Mm -hmm. astounding. And, like, there's nothing that's ever been done in this genre ever before. And, Mm -hmm. like, and... (laughs) Yes. But also, I'm a little bit validated. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, you you are because uh, usually I'm the one who can dig a little yes. deeper into the book yes. and peel out some meaning, but for the majority of it, I was confused. Yeah, I was confused. Look, uh, the art, the book looks great. It's amazing. It is amazing. The art is amazing. I would, and I honestly wouldn't feel bad recommending this book on just the artwork uh-huh, alone. Uh-huh. Because if you are looking for superb artwork yes, yeah. and coloring, yeah, uh, like. Oh my God! Yeah, they, the their splash pages for this thing are amazing. The artwork's nice. The coloring's nice. Although sometimes it doesn't make sense because you would think that those time transitions, yes, yeah, they would do one the yeah. one more sepia colored or the other one mm-hmm. more vibrant. Uh, there was no really rhyme or reason to it. 
Uh, I do agree that it was very, very wordy. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of uh, there was a lot of exposition that I feel could have been paced better, mm-hmm. or it could have been. It reads like one of the when a novelist is coming into comic books, and they're writing two paragraph dialogue bubbles. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's uh-huh. kind of that's kind of how it felt like. So I kind of want to know what else he's written, if he's more of a novelist than anything. Uh, cause I I don't know much about the the writer. Or I know he had other stuff on his table, and I know he wrote something mm. with James, or maybe he oh. was the artist who it was the person. Maybe I don't remember artist. who it was, I but sure. all I know is I mean, that there, there, I'm sorry, there was other stuff. <laughs> yeah. I hate to cut you off, but there was a reference in while reading it, and mm-hmm. the color scheme changing where it said in the past, mm-hmm. but there was so many other words. I was just like how far ago in the past yeah mm-hmm. like it just we uh, don't really get dates and yeah, stuff like that yeah. and and I that, can understand that because who knows when this is happening it's if it's supposed to be like contemporary or like sometime yeah, in yeah. the uh, sometime in the future who knows um, uh, but the book itself was because I remember when you got it and I remember when you told us about it mm-hmm. and I thought it was ingenious yeah I thought it was really good. And mostly because I'm very... Uh, uh, even one of the reviews on then says, like, a zombie twist was a more spiritual take. So oh. I was expecting not what we got. I was expecting something more or yeah. something more along... Maybe with more, like, uh, Christian imagery or at least more, like, spiritual... Like, religious religious yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. in it. And I really like that stuff because mm-hmm. I like slightly blasphemous works. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're really cool. Um, um and I think they're really interesting. And so that's what I had kind of been expecting. So I think my own expectations kind of colored my uh uh when I was reading the book because it wasn't what I wanted it to be. And maybe also because we had kind of seen something like this before. Maybe yeah. not exactly with, like, the ghosts yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, but at least with co- Cognition uh, mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. Zombie Zero uh, by Critical Hit uh, Entertainment. And that had been really, really good. And I don't know what I had been expecting. I remember when we picked that one up, we said that we had thought it was just going to be another zombie story. And now this, now this is the case of where I'm getting... we I think... I got too much of the guy's backstory mm-hmm. that I just did not care about. Yeah. I right. just did not care. I he was kind of douchey, too. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Uh-huh. And I, I honestly thought, be- because that came across very blatantly, that there was going to be like a redemption story. Uh-huh. Yes. But I didn't get that at all. Right. Yeah. Or if there was one or something. I mean, the two characters that are tethered are douchey. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like I can't care about you. You guys are just so self-centered. Yeah, yeah. And uh, even in even in the memory segments, you know, in yeah. in the past segments. Yeah, I, I I didn't feel a connection with the main characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, same, same. And I think that is why it's. Uh, I didn't feel any attachment to the protagonist. The reason that I kept reading it was because I really liked the artwork. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I would have picked it up just for that reason yeah. as okay, well. Okay, so too. yeah. Um this is a book that I actually looked at the pictures because they were so profoundly just gorgeous. Uh-huh. Uh and I and also because I wasn't understanding what the heck was going on, I was like, am I missing something? So I mm-hmm. I like on purpose paid attention to what the, was going on in the panels. Mm-hmm. And I completely did not understand still. Uh-huh. So I have a clue as to where it was and when it was. I picked this up in March of this year, so March 2019, mm-hmm. at WonderCon, because WonderCon, WonderCon happens in March. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And the reason I know is because tethered uh-huh. is a term they use in the movie Us. And no. I had just seen that movie. Oh, okay. And I we talked about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, my the creators and myself we talked mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. So that's how. So that is um, the mystery of where I got it and when. 
<laughs> like I mean, it, uh, there's so much going on that one of the scenes that really, really uh, threw me for a loop was like when they get to that kind of abandoned home mm-hmm. uh-huh. and there's shots fired, and I don't know where the shots are coming from. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Which group of people? Like I don't, uh-huh. I don't know. Um, and I, I even couldn't tell who they hit for two pages in after that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing I found super fun. Aside from the wonderful artwork, was this guy's T-shirt, who's the brand for one of those craft beers? I can't remember the one with the uh, big letter A. How funny! Yeah, that that's was pretty I was funny. Like, oh, I didn't that's even so, notice that. Cool. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but I, I did get a feeling that the the group of survivors were very millennial mm-hmm. in a yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah. So maybe that I couldn't uh, adapt to them because I'm way older than millennial status. Well, I'm a millennial, <laughs> and I still couldn't really get super into it. So. I I I don't know where the dissonance is. I don't know where. And by the end of the story, I was just like, okay, what's going on? Because the the soul is tethered to its body, um, uh, basically floating like a balloon. Yeah, right across. Yes. It. Yeah. And the fact, and as I was reading, I was just like, oh, that's kind of like a Junji Ito story I read. So it's mm. here's the. As I was reading it, it kept reminding me of other stuff that had been done better. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Besides, like just the artwork itself, which is very good and unique, and uh, I'm very very attractive. Um, uh, but there was like bits and pieces here of other stories that I had already read that were just better, and so, uh, and I think that really did a disservice to the book as I was reading it. Well, and my own expectations for it as well. David and Danny are both in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, the letterer, uh, I don't know that she, doesn't look like she's, says that she's a writer and editor and designer. But David um, is a copywriter and comic book writer. Mm-hmm. His short story, Visual Cues, was featured in Reading with Pictures, Volume 1. and But Tethered is David's first full-length published work. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then Danny, who is the artist... Um, is from Long Island. He studied illustration at the School of Visual Arts. His published comic book works include Primary Vector, um, Electronic, and Haunted. And those are all indies. And he's currently working with one of my favorite writers, Colin Bunn, um, on a miniseries, on a creator-owned he's miniseries. He's the artist? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, Vector I, was what he probably did with James. Because oh. he, so he's the artist. Okay, yes. So okay, you know now that you said that he had that's his full uh, first published um, uh, graphic novel that explains the story formatting more. Mm-hmm. It's formatted like a short story mm-hmm. that was just slapped together, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm very sorry for them, but it yeah that makes it they felt like a bunch of short stories. Yeah, and that's uh, that. Uh, that, and like you said, that's another thing. Like if if you're gonna be wordy, maybe go on a little extra step and and highlighting the bubbles of each character, the the their same color and another character a different color. And that way we can separate them. Because at one point I was like, who's talking here? Yeah, uh-huh. I actually got that problem. Um, as well, that I got confused as to who was talking. Um, because there's a lot of, and for somebody who, okay, so um, one of the things on my weekly um, comic book discussion group that I do at at, um, at the shop, mm-hmm. one of the people that attends on a weekly basis likes to actually qualify whether the book is a beginner book or not a beginner book, mm-hmm. and meaning new to comic book reading. Okay. And Tether definitely is not a beginner book because yeah. of the fact that um, like even just this page that I'm looking at, it's the first page of chapter 10, there are so many um, square, bo- square um, what do you call it, dialogue Boxes. Boxes uh-huh. and so many uh, dialogue bubbles, and they're all kind of placed all different places mm-hmm. within the panels. And if you're not um, not used to reading comic books, you don't know in what order to read them in. Right. Uh-huh. And it's very That's confusing. Yes. Not only that, I felt like there's so many like word bubbles and like dialogue boxes 
as well that I felt like some of it was covering up the artwork too. Yes. And I was just like, all right, what's the point of all this blank space that's taking up the, uh, that's blocking out the the artwork and stuff like that. So it's, um, uh, I wanted it to be better. Yeah. I, I really did. I I could praise this book's artwork to hell and back. Yes. Because I, I, that's what really impressed yes. me. Yes. I wanted you guys to come in here today and tell me how dumb I was for not getting it and how amazing it was and get me to see the light. And I'm very upset that you guys <laughs> did not do that. Sorry. I was Sorry. hoping for the same thing from you guys, especially Jen. I thought, oh, my God, yeah. she's going to. She's going to blow me away with something she noticed that I totally yeah, missed. Yeah. And usually I'm very good at that, especially mm-hmm. like, okay, so Hemingway, ugh, Hemingway. That's another thing I was like, do I have to read Steinbeck and Hemingway to read this book <laughs> to, to understand it? Because it, I was like, am I so dumb it went over my head? I just uh-huh, don't, uh-huh. you know, I was like, was it trying to be too poetic that I just didn't get? I do no. feel, I do feel like that's... Um, the similar way that I felt that I was like, what am I missing? Yeah. What is, what is going on here that I'm missing? And yeah, I was like, is this all over my head? What's going on here? And, um, I, I never like usually when I feel like that in a book, at least by the end of it, especially one that isn't an ongoing and part of a series, this is one and done. Usually by the end, I'm like, okay, like I can forgive the confusion I had in the beginning because it all came to together. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, came to a nice wrapped up end. Mm-hmm. But I didn't get that at all with this one. No, same. Uh, okay, here's the thing. Uh, like, I'm a humanities major, specifically uh, like English and like, mm-hmm. comparative literature and stuff like that. I don't like Hemingway because I think. He was a pretentious, uh, sexist fucker, um, <laughs> and most of academia will agree with me. As most men from his era, oh uh, yeah, <laughs> and it's just like he had a bunch of issues and stuff like that. So it's just his poetry was good. Mm-hmm. I will I say this like very begrudgingly, like off of like ripping teeth, but his his poetry <laughs> was good, and I'm um, but he was he was a pretentious fuck. And um, uh, and I I like John Steinbeck uh, as much as any tenth grader who was forced to read him. <laughs> um, uh, <coughs> um, but there there's there are some of his works that I actually do genuinely like that I went back to later uh, when I was older and I could like actually appreciate his stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's um, uh, talk about choosing two of the most wordiest fuckers. In uh, English, in English literature, uh, to use, and it's just like it's not like dissing them, but it's just like it. There's definitely if you haven't read kind of Steinbeck or Hemingway, it can be easy to get lost, uh, or if you don't have like much like academic interest in them, you don't really know. All right, who were these guys? Yeah. Like, what were what did they do? Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of thing, and um, so there was. A bit of that as well, but uh, your guys' description of that, you were missing something. I I felt that too. Mm -hmm. I was just like, what am I missing here? Like, what is, like, not not all comics have a message. Maybe the message is to entertain, Mm -hmm. at least for a couple of hours and stuff like that. Uh, um, um, But I felt like there was something that was being left unsaid that I could not get the grasp of that usually you can in comics mm-hmm. like these but I just could not grasp what that was as well and I was just like I know I'm not dumb <laughs> I know I'm not dumb but it certainly felt like I was just a, like like I was I was like what am I missing here yeah what do like I don't want to do a book report but I feel like I need to do a book report <laughs> uh, and like look into like other stuff and I gotta and I gotta look up what year Hemingway made this and it's gonna be some allusion to uh, a poem a poem a poem's name that's gonna give me a clue into what else is going on here in oh this my book. gosh so the creators are going to tweet us with <laughs> some like crazy mind-blowing thing of how tethered is just like a, a love story 
story to freaking old man in the seat <laughs> 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 well which by the way I hated but <laughs> <laughs> well you know I just could not fall in love with the main character I mean yeah. one of yeah. the things he was such an a-hole one of the things he described his girlfriend like he said Marie was yeah. the kind of dummy who believed that grand movie gestures happened in real life yeah. and I was like why are you with her then mm-hmm. uh-huh. douche yeah, and then the other guy was a womanizing asshole. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, why do they get to be tethered? Why do they? Is this purgatory? Like, I don't understand. Like, maybe, just, maybe you just <laughs> crack the mystery. You crack the mystery. There you go. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just couldn't Christ. feel for these two guys, and I feel that I needed to feel something for a character in this book yeah. in order for me to, you know like it not only that it's just isn't and it's not about them being assholes because there's plenty of comic book characters or movie figures or tv uh roles where the characters are assholes Mm -hmm. but you can't help but like them yeah like dr doom's an asshole but i fucking love him yeah Mm -hmm. um uh, so it's just kind of like a (sighs) there was something missing or there was something that i just didn't appeal to me about it that left me very dissatisfied mm-hmm. yep. with the book well and i'm very sorry i was i really wanted to like it i i did too and i uh, dissatisfied isn't even the word like disappointed is actually disappointed, more yes yeah yes so, i wanted to love it me too yeah. and i wanted you guys to convince me here on the podcast <laughs> about it too. Yeah. yeah same so actually if we have any listeners who's, who've read this book or who now um want to take this challenge of reading tethered <laughs> and explaining, and it, explaining to us. it to us and telling us why we should love it um please do so because i so badly want to <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i mean uh i think we're ready to rate yes. it I, yes. mean, th- I think we went and talked a whole mess about it um i'm gonna give the art tres conchas and a, and a cup of champurrado mm-hmm. and the book as a whole two conchas <laughs> which is a, re- a, a big deal for me because i rarely do that you rarely give two conchas? Yes. <laughs> well, I agree that the art is amazing. Um, I would definitely give the art three conchas. Um, I, like I said, was sold on this book just by the cover. And then as I flipped through it, was like, okay, I have to buy it because it was just amazing. Um, but I am going to go all the way down to a one concha for this book because I am... Um, I disappointed very much so. I wanted to love it so much, but I I can't I I could not even grasp one portion of the story that I was able to like hold on to and like have it make any of the rest of what I was reading have any meaning. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going to give it one concha. Sarah, you just introduced something very interesting to me. <laughs> Dual ratings. I think we should do that now because <laughs> I feel that the art sometimes is so amazing or maybe the story is amazing. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. And the artwork, not so much. Uh, so, the artwork, 100%. I would give the artwork three conchas, mm-hmm. possibly the whole panaderia. Yeah. Uh, because it's like that's just how impressed I am with mm-hmm. it. The story is one concha. So, one and a half conchas overall for the book. <laughs> I'm being kind. <laughs> because I, this would be one of the books that if someone uh, would come to me to the shop and be like, what do you recommend for artwork? I would yes. unflinchingly give yeah, it to them. We get that I would be request like, a lot. Here you go. If you want artwork, this is artwork. Mm-hmm. This is good artwork. And even some of the paneling for it, if you ignore the speech bubbles, is uh, good. If someone asked me for plots, interesting, cool plots, I would not give them to them. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, well, this was confusing, so I didn't quite like it. Um, um, so not that one. So artwork, 100% recommend. Storyline? Needs to be better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry, but it needs to be better uh, because all three of us read this, mm-hmm. and somehow we all are lost on it. Yeah, like that's yeah. that. That's it, something. It, and we all have different 
likes and dislikes and we have yes. different levels of of what we appreciate on the written uh-huh. page yeah. so i mean um, i don't think this uh-huh. is you know in some form of manner i read every comic almost like i'm going to have to write a report on it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh i i go about it almost very academically because that's just what my background is so I feel, and uh, Kristen, you mostly read just the words and don't really look at the artwork (laughs) and stuff like that. And Sarah, you read it as a comic book, as is uh, like more like this is to entertain you. And if you're entertained, you're pleased with it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, uh, So we all have very different manners about how we go about reading it. Mm -hmm. And the fact that we were still all very lost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that is, I I don't think we've had a comic like where we've all been very lost on it. No. So, no. Sorry, tethered, but it's gonna be like on average a one concha rating. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> All right, it's time for on my radar, and on my radar, which I didn't know was a thing, Archie versus Predator, the second <laughs> one. So this is, yes. I think, there has been like a first. There was uh, a first, a first story arc. Yes, mm-hmm. it's a first story. This is the second one, and the way that I found out about this is because. Um, David Mack did the cover of issue oh, four. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. And it looks yes. amazing. So when I saw this title, I'm like, how d- <laughs> do those worlds come together? It does not sound like it would work at all, 100%. You read that title and you're like, what the hell? What kind of ridiculous yes. is It's sort of like Bugs Bunny. I mean, like Bugs Bunny, like Elmer <laughs> Fudd and, uh, and Batman. And yes. Batman, yes. yes. Same, yes. <laughs> but just like Elmer Fudd and Batman... <laughs> Archie versus Predator was good. I read the entire first story arc. I uh-huh. recommend it to people in the shop all the time. And they yep. also look at me like, what are you talking about, <laughs> yeah, crazy <uh-huh>. lady? <laughs> it's so good. It's actually really good. Yes. I mean, okay, we all know that Aguirre Sacasa is the head of Archie and he is super talented. Yes. Uh-huh. He's amazing. And um, these Archie, um, like, uh, some of them are one shots, like there's Archie meets Ramones. Mm-hmm, yeah. Really cool. Um, Archie versus Predator and there's something else that I um, remember seeing that I was like this seems so silly but I bet you it's good I mean the Archie world with all the awesome stuff uh-huh. that comes out of oh, it there was I've... an Archie Sharknado cross yes, oh, yes that's what it is that's Sharknado. right I heard about and that and it one. was yes. it sold out fast yes. really and, and it was actually, actually good it was good <laughs> that was what I was thinking better than the movies it was good. <laughs> there's hardly anything better than those movies um, but yes so I highly recommend Archie World stuff um, whether it's Archie Horror or these like Archie versus or meets or whatever mm-hmm. um, and then uh, all of the um, I don't I don't read Archie or Riverdale or anything but people come mm-hmm. in and they love them yeah. yeah it's one of the people uh, people have said that they've started in the comic books reading Archie. Yeah. So that's every almost a lot of people's beginning comic books. A lot books. of people, yes. A lot of people's. Well, Aguirre Sacasa has done a very good job of modernizing yes, Archie, Archie yes. and keeping it very relevant mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. from the Riverdale show to the comics right now and what, they, and what he's doing with Sabrina and with um, uh, the zombie apocalypse one and the kind of horror line mm-hmm. that he's created. And that kind of seems to be his thing. But he's done a very good job of bringing Archie kind of to the modern era and making it... it I don't think it ever fell out of relevancy, mm-hmm. but it yeah. maybe fell under the radar a bit. But it's definitely on people's radar now. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I love the cover. It says, uh, if it bleeds, we can kill it. <laughs> so this is super, super fun. Uh, but yeah, the cover art for issue four was done by David Mack, and that's where it became on, it got on my radar. Awesome. Nice. <laughs> And now it's time for Juntos y Fuertes. So this is Kristen, and today I am sharing with you during Juntos y Fuertes an organization that is actually um, one that I work very close with every holiday season. Um, I work every holiday season with an adoptive family program where we get community members to sponsor uh, individual families and um, help them out and support them during the holidays. And all of these families are clients of an organization called Hollywood Community Housing Corporation. And they have been um, 
providing homeless services to Los Angeles County for 30 years. So they've been around doing this work um, since 1989. And um, they have... Uh, they started in Hollywood, um, which is where their name came, came from, but they actually provide services all throughout L.A. County. So um, there, I know there um, there is a uh, place in Santa Monica right around the corner from the shop called Step Up that is a transitional um, a Tay Youth uh, program, so transitional age youth, which is 18 to 25, I believe, um, and they provide homeless services there. So um, Hollywood Housing provides uh, homeless services to families who um, have been formerly homeless, meaning they're providing them transitional services. So um, homeless families... Um, a singles who um, individuals who are homeless due to HIV um, because they can't aff- their costs for medical stuff is just so exorbitant that it causes them to actually become homeless because they've just had to put out so much money for their medical care. Um, seniors, which is a part of the homeless co- um, community that a lot of people don't realize, like seniors are in limited incomes most oh, of the time. And so they have to budget very closely. I can't imagine being on a limited income living in Los Angeles at all. So they have um, community community buildings that are specifically for seniors. Um, And so they um, provide services for the gambit of um, people who are homeless for all kinds of different reasons. And you can find them at hollywoodhousing.org. I only um, do, you know, stuff during the holiday season. But the thing is, is that people are homeless all year round. And they provide services all year round. They provide case management. um, They provide, like I said, um, they're transitional. Um, they and they provide provide long term housing. So it's not just like so. I've I've seen some transitional programs that was there were six months to two years, but these are actually long term, and they work with them to learn how to budget and to save money and to um, at some point you know be self sustaining. Um, I know one year I met a woman who was. Um, getting services from Hollywood Housing because her home burned down um, in the fires that had happened uh, recently. And so um, they are just out there doing really, really amazing work and supporting people in the community. And um, if you um, want to volunteer or you want to donate or there's something that your organization or corporation that you work for could do for them, definitely get a hold of them at hollywoodhousing.org and um, see how you can um, support their mission and their vision. I actually just uh, found out about Step Up. I watched this uh, uh, small mini series called Unbelievable on Netflix. Oh, okay. And one of the main characters, uh, she was part of the Step Up program. Oh, interesting. And I learned all about that Uh because I watched this this series and I was like, wow, this is a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So that's, that's really amazing. Thank you for letting us know more about that. Yeah. All right, guys, it's time for saludos. And saludos goes out to ShareoCon. ShareoCon is a, a small convention that is um, for women, by oh, women. Yes, Remember? Yes, yes, it's yes, at yes, the yes. Westfield Culver City uh, uh, Mall, which used Fox to be Hills Mall. Fox Hills Mall, right? Yeah. Oh, we went last year. Yes, we did. Yes. And so um, just to put it on everybody's radar and to uh, send out saludos, it's going to be March 7th, 2020. So put that on the calendar. March 7th, 2020. It's a free event. Bring the kids. It's really awesome. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, that's that brings us to another uh, the end of another wonderful episode. Uh, where can they find us? You can find us on Facebook at Comic Comadres and on Instagram at Comadres e Comics. And you can find us on Twitter at Comic Comadres where you can tweet at us or send us a DM. You can also email us directly at comadresycomics at gmail.com. Or uh, you can follow us on Snapchat, uh, Comadres y Comics. That's been our episode. We have been your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Bye, guys. Bye.